This is Reimagining Higher Education, your go-to podcast with remarkable education leaders sharing personal stories from their experience in and around the sector, including reflection and hope for progress in the sector. With your host, Sir Eric Thomas, former Vice-Chancellor at the University of Bristol, President of Universities UK and Chair of the Worldwide University Network, and now Studiosity Advisory Board Member. Welcome. Welcome to all of our listeners, and it's a particular pleasure for me to welcome Anthony here today, who is Vice Provost for Education, Anthony, and, and students or education? Well, Eric, um, I was. So through the through the pandemic, uh, which I know is going to be a particular focus of that we're going to talk about today, uh, I was VP Education. Now, since April last year, I've got a different role at UCL. Um, which is probably even more incomprehensible than my previous role. So I'm now called VP Faculties. Um, and um, in UCL, that means that all the all our deans, the 11 deans, they all report uh, to me ah, now. Right. So, I've, uh, uh, so I have a, a great colleague who now uh, holds the education portfolio. So there's been a little bit of a change around, but... It's fair to say that since between uh, 2012, when I joined UCL, and 2021, so nine years, I held the education, education. portfolio. So I was VP Education. And right, and your Fair. background, of course, is education, isn't it? Academic education. Indeed, a little bit of that. And then, but I've come up through, um, so I'm a, I'm a pharmacist. So before I joined UCL, I... Uh, I ran the, uh, my last thing I did for six years was to run the School of Pharmacy, which at the time was another of the colleges of the University of London. And then in, uh, well, really on the, we, we did a lot of work uh, on the back of, you know, the 2008 financial crisis, thinking about, you know, what was the future for, um, you know, a small and specialist institution that still wanted to do, you know, absolutely competitive world-class big kind of biomedical science um you know we took the view with the council that you know our, our scale probably wasn't right to be able to sustain that uh and so that led to a whole bunch of merger discussions and we merged with ucl so uh, and that's how i moved across into the uh, uh to take the education portfolio um having having run this the uh, the School of Pharmacy for six years. So I'm a pharmacist by background. Right, okay. Well, listen, um, and, and if I remember rightly, just as an aside, at the time the merger was, it had its supporters and it had its, uh, some people who didn't want to support it. Is that a fair uh, Correct, assessment? yeah. No, there was, you know, people are worried about things which are understandable, it, it, things about, uh, about, culture uh, you know culture in organizations is really important and they were they were worried about culture and they were worried about identity sure. and, and actually that um i i think particularly those who, who who are in the school who were really worried about that and and fought me a bit over the um over that merger i think if you ask them now they would uh, sure. they would say you know what being being part of ucl uh, it's worked really well for us. And I, and I think, you know, I took, obviously I, I, I deliberately stood back a bit from the school so that my my successor wouldn't have me stalking the corridors. But I think they would say, 
you know, there wasn't there wasn't a mass exodus of of staff, or, or and and why would you? Why, why no. having Absolutely. having joined one of the best universities in the world? Why would you leave it? No. And and they didn't. But there was yeah, there was there was anxiety at the beginning. But I think that's dissipated um, now. Dissipated, and of course, you know what's happened for UCL. What's happened since then, which is huge on the education front, of course, is that two years later. In, in 2014, the Institute of Education joined yes. and became part of UCL. And that, and that, that was a much bigger um, right. institution than the School of Pharmacy was. Well, Anthony, the kind of exam question that I've got for you um, uh, came from a comment that your previous provost, Michael Arthur, made to me, that he one of the nicest things that ever happened to him was to receive a letter from the president of the Students' Union saying how much they appreciated how much work had been done by the academic staff yeah. dealing with the issues related to lockdown. Surely the biggest challenge in student pedagogy and curriculum development that there's probably ever been. Yeah. And, and at the time, I was on the governing body uh, of, of, a, of a London institution that mainly focuses on creative arts. And the academic staff really, really worked really hard in that institution to try. But it, it's all about practice and practitioner teaching. And so their, their reflections on what the changes were were not as positive as, uh, as the ones that came back from UCL. And mm -hmm. I just, um, so the, the sort of exam question for you is, you know, what do you think UCL got right? Uh, and what were what were the big challenges? Uh, and is is it more difficult when you're teaching practice of something to to give an online uh, uh, experience when compared with history, let's say? Yeah. And then I, I think the final question, and there's lots of that we'll explore, is that historically they always say that everyone says the world's going to be very different after a pandemic. And actually, two or three years after the pandemic, the, year, the world is not different. Actually, the world reverts to much the same structures beforehand. And I think because there's no infrastructural damage, so you don't change infrastructure. However, this is all about communication, this pandemic. What's been really hit is our mechanisms of communication and changed. And I want to be interested in your opinion as to whether you think there is real long-term change to the way we will uh, teach our students and interact with them. So that, in a small and is, is the exam question. Right, okay, well, there's, there's a lot to go out there. Um... So yeah, I mean, it was it it it, it was a really special moment. Uh, I, I you know I know for uh, Michael Michael Arthur when when the students uh, sent that uh, sent that letter, and I think it reflected um, you know lots of things. There's, there there, were, there was no magic bullet uh, at all, and I suppose just you know, just as a reminder to us. I guess to, to me and to to everyone listening, of course, is that we're um, you know we're right in, aren't we? We're we're right in the third. It's hard to imagine the third anniversary of all this stuff. Um, you know, UK lockdown was March the twenty third, so we're, we're we're soon at that date. But of course, um, you, you know, running before that, what was what was happening was, um, of of course, we've got we've got all, all the things that we were hearing 
from coming over from um, from from Wuhan and and uh, and, and the response that that was happening over there to what, of course, by now three years ago, the WHO had had called it as a pandemic, but we weren't really seeing it in um, in our parts of the world until you know, if you remember, northern Italy, mm. ski resorts and all that kind of stuff, and that idea that the, when when the first case appeared in the UK, etc., it all seems rather quaint now. Um, but uh, what what we were getting at uh, and, and beginning to prepare for certainly this time three years ago this was so we weren't we weren't in lockdown now but we had massive concern from a, a lot of students uh, um, particularly international students who could who are obviously in contact with their families they knew what they were facing uh back home and they were really worried about what we and we you meant we the uk uh you know was seemingly unprepared about it I, I, you know there were early things about huge concerns about you know why isn't everyone wearing a mask which you know was was almost unheard of uh back then and is now kind of normal but so there, so we were we were onto it early on and i and um and i and i do remember um i guess one of my first lessons uh for, from the pandemic was and you mentioned communication was really to work with with our communications experts uh, at, at the university um, and be really thoughtful about when you say anything. So there were whole things going around and you know, student WhatsApp groups and things like that and, um, and and email obviously and somebody emailed me in my role then as, as being responsible for education and they were worried about um, travel and if they went back home about visas and all those sort of things which are uh, occupy uh, understandably international students and 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 i just said in in an email yes don't worry if you want to travel home travel home we will fix it um and and that uh thing then went completely you know virally bonkers around the student whatsapp groups and 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 it even came back to me saying is this a fake what you said and i said no it's not a fake i've said it um but it 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 just kind of made me think that you have to think really carefully before um uh, about about com so i think a, a first lesson was about working with communications professionals mm. uh to to think about it but and, and to get a consistency of messaging. Um, I think the other thing that we did early on, which which may have um, sown the seeds of the, the, the students then, you know, re reflecting back on that, how we'd uh, how we'd support them through the pandemic was absolutely working in partnership with the students. Now, you know, it's it's easy to, to say that and, you know, maybe in some places it's 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 a bit like lip service. You expect someone to say, well, of course, we work with the students. But here, you know, we really did on all our special working groups that we had. We had the students with us. We particularly had the student leaders. And we were uh, uh, um, actually we've always been fortunate. But through the pandemic, we had really great student leaders uh, in, in the students union so one had a particular responsibility for undergraduate education another one for postgraduate and they were just fantastic um 
you know, and they were absolutely, it was a partnership. Uh, you know, we walked alongside each other and we made all the decisions together. And there was some, there were some tricky things because the way, uh, the way it fell and obviously then ultimately leading to, to lockdown and on the, on the 23rd of March was that the thing we, we had to think about first was, was assessment because the students had, had largely completed their term one and term two teaching and they were about to go into a, a big period of assessment and so it, suddenly what are we going to do with these things all the uh, you know all the papers had been written they'd all been moderated they'd all been out to external examiners so they were all good to go um, the question was how did we flip them from um what we would have been doing and have been doing of putting two to three thousand students within a meter of each other uh in a, in an invigilated exam hall um what we're gonna what we're gonna do to flip those online and uh we did we did put them online and um i i think the things that you know the kind of things we had to work through that students were anxious about was was the window that they had to take the exams in um and and the you know questions which we didn't we didn't allow ourselves to get bogged down with because we haven't really got the answers like the whole thing about identity and proctoring but we 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 decided that given that our students were all over the world we would actually give them uh, a 24 hour window that this was our first go at it we we narrowed it down later um in in year two but in year one of that pandemic we gave them 24 hours to uh, to respond to the exams, and um, I, I think the experience of that, uh, you know, the students appreciated it. There was all sorts of anxieties of what if the tech goes wrong. So we're thinking about being really supportive with them uh, and, and, and and allowing extent, you know, being thoughtful and and generous about the allowance of extenuating circumstances that things that were were beyond their control. Um, and we also got a little bit worried about. You know, would students really just, you know, max out, as it were, and, and actually spend 24 hours doing doing a paper rather than the three that it was it was set for? And I think there was a little bit of that. Some some disciplines were worried about it, and and there was you know one or two that were worried about well, will they just max out, and would everyone would everyone get 100 percent that kind of thing? It didn't happen. I think what we did see, um, and it was partly we did see uh, at, at the end of when we look back on the year one the first year of, a, of of doing online assessment i think it's it's fair to say we we saw some grade inflation um and that was partly because we um we had to be fairly i would yeah i suppose you'd say generous if you got grade inflation but we had we had to look um at at how we were able to make allowance for the fact that that students hadn't been able to sort of present as much as much to us through assessment as as we might have, have, have wanted. So we were when when they were taking a number of modules, we were having to sort of say the best of whether it, normally we'd have said the best of, I don't know, um, 10 out of 12. We might have been saying the best of eight out of 12. And that kind of thing led to a little bit of grade inflation. But what was interesting, actually, looking at one one I think interesting upside from from moving the exams online, 
uh, when we looked at was was actually then when we looked at our awarding gaps uh, and and um, you know crudely the 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 gap between uh, students of color and white mm -hmm. students that the gap that there had been a gap previously disappeared. So um, it, 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 one of, say one of the good things was it 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 pointed to a way in in thinking about assessment that would. Uh, you know, help us think about you know why we've got an awarding gap um, and how we how we uh, you know how we could close it. So assessment was was the the, the thing that really occupied us for the first the the, the first uh, two or three months. But but then of course when it became clear that this pandemic was not going to go away in you know just blow through in a month or something and we'd all be we'd all be fine out the other end of it. It was going to be last longer. We then, of course, had to start to turn our thinking to the next, really, for the next academic year and, and the preparation for what mm -hmm. we're going to do then. And I think, you know, the point that, you know, you made, Eric, in your opener was absolutely right um, about uh, thinking about, you know, could you, of course, you know, you could record your lectures and um, they could and even even with that actually the delivery of that there was a thing about you know did you want to deliver it um just have the pre-record them and and make them available so students could kind of watch them asynchronously in their own time or did you want to kind of put that kind of structure in it so that the, the delivery was synchronous so you said you, you know so x will be Giving their giving their lecture at a certain time, and we we had a mix of that, and, and some uh, from both staff and students. Some really valued the flexibility. Some students really valued the flexibility of being able to do it asynchronously. Others told us we you know we want the structure of of giving stuff, you know, having it synchronous in 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 real time. Um, I think uh, I would say for the and you, you, know, you, you raise the issue about practice-based uh, uh, and that, and I think that there are, you know, there are different forms of that. So whereas, you know, we did, and there were some real in, interesting innovations about, uh, I've got, I've got two examples where I know people did stuff. One was in medicine, was was actually sending uh, to the medical students uh, who, at the time, uh, when everyone was locked down, um, they too were locked down. Um, you know, we were sending them little kits to go home to have a, you know, have a little think about. They weren't exactly dissecting anything, but the, the, the kind of some of the, the some of them, um, you know, the manipulative skills, uh, clinical skills, they were able to do a little bit with, with um, you know, being able to sort of sew things up and whatever. Which I, I'm, I'm completely trivialising it, but it, it it wasn't at all. But they were able to to you know have some sense of clinical sure. skills and then be able to go online to demonstrate that they'd actually got these uh, you know these these some dexterous skills um and also the you know the chemists were pretty inventive and and sending uh sending students kits of things that they could kind of literally do some uh, some experimentation in their kitchen i think the the, the for us probably the the, the, the students who found it the hardest and the staff were, uh, um, I would probably say in fine art, where it was really difficult for them, um, uh, it, you know, because it's, it's it, 
you, you can do some things, but it, you can't really recreate the sort of studio experience, you know, in your spare, in your bedroom or in your kitchen or whatever. So I think, I think it was, it was difficult for those. Um, but I think for, you know, how we worked through with, with lectures, um, which were a mix of us, say both pre-recorded and some given live, um, but then also um, to be able to have seminars and people, you know, get used to to, to talking as we are now. Um, I think that went that went really well. And I think if we want to move on and think about, you know, what might be some of the long the long lasting effects of it. I think what was what was interesting and when when things did start to open up and, and students did start to come back for the first time. But it was obvious that there were going to be limits on, uh, you know, with social distancing and class sizes and all that kind of stuff and how, how many people we could put together at any one time. I think I, I think the things that we learned from that and we, you know, we learned from the students and, and talking with them about what they really value about face to face. And I, I think many were they 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 weren't they weren't so concerned about wanting to sit in a big lecture theater and listen to the person, tiny person at the front speaking at them. Uh, I think, you know, many found online and being able to sort of listen, go back and whatever. I think they found that quite helpful. But what they really valued uh, about, about on campus being in person was um, where, they, where there really was an interaction with the, with the member of staff, where they really were in, discussion and um and it, it, you know it was a it was some it was a dialogue it, 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 they weren't just being talked at that's the things that they really value and you know they also really value the, the you know the social dimension of it yes. uh, as well and i i think you know you, you forget that at your peril the idea that you you know you, you can just sit at home and do it all um without that sort of social dimension. They, they really, they missed that and they really welcomed it when they came back on. But having said all that, I don't think any of that means, you know, the lecture is dead and we're all gonna do it online. And, uh, and I don't think that's gonna happen, but I think it did, it did really bring home to all of us um, about what students really value and want from being um, on campus. Mm. I think the other thing, which sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, 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 I mean the things that I first of all, I think that observation about exam success gap is awesome. I really, yeah. I, I mean, I think it begs a series of profound questions yeah. as to why that happened, uh, which is not for us to answer today. But you know, people will need to think about that. Uh, at some considerable length, I would say. Um, yeah, I tell you, I just a quick, a quick thought on that, Eric. I'll tell you what, you know, what of course has happened. What, what I can't remember the date. What, what was the day in November when Chat GPT got released on us? Um, of course, that it, it, you know is now you know making everyone think. Okay, to, um, uh, uh, what's that going to do for for education and assessment? Um, but I agree completely, uh, and and I worry that things like ChatGPT, which you know we're not talking about AI, um, but how that might drive, you know, uh, uh, 
maybe I'm going to call them knee-jerk, but you know, maybe hasty thinking about how we should assess students. And it might, you know, you when you think about chat GPT, um, you think, oh well, you know, let's get them all, you know, no computers, let's get them back in the back in the, the exam hall, a meter apart, three hours unseen written exam. It can kind of drive you down that way. And that would be a mistake because of of seeing how you know different students are able to perform yes. and show us their best work through a yeah. diversity of means of assessment. I mean, the interesting thing is that the, the the kind of sense of the moral position taken by the students. I mean, that you know, in the end, as a medical student, I knew I had to have the knowledge. There was no point in me pretending to have the knowledge. Yeah. There was no point in me downloading it from the web or, you know, getting somebody else to write my essays because at some stage in the future, someone was going to depend upon me having the knowledge. Yes. Now, that's, you can see that in, in a practice-based thing like medicine. But I think in general, students understand that they need to understand why Bismarck was such an important person in Prussian history, right? Not just have derived it or not derived it from something that they've got from a, a, a mill. I mean, do yeah. you think that, that's their general, I think that's a general position. I do as well. And I think it's incumbent on us um, to trust, you know, and there wasn't through particularly, you know, early days of the pandemic when we were, you know, putting exams up for 24 hours. And of course people could talk to each other and the things that would have been an absolute horror to have thought about before, probably. Um, you had to go into it from a position of trust that as you say, the vast majority of students, they want to show you their best, you know, show you the best that they can be. Um, and they're not, they're not going to cheat or that. There'll always be one or two, but I, you know, I think you can't have a system which is necessarily based on uh, well, we have to be like this to, to catch out that the, the tiny, tiny number that might be seeking to to pull the wool over your eyes. Because you know we're very fortunate, aren't we? We we spend our lives working with with really clever individuals, whether they're at the beginning of their career or further down their career. And these, you know, we all know how it works for the exact reasons that you said. You know, you'll get found out, and people, you know don't don't want to do that so so i think but 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 an honesty and a, and a trust i think that was also really important for us you know working with the students so you know we would the sort of things that you know we we uh, uh you know we discussed and, and really were soul searched about we did it with the students what do you think and i, I you know one reflection that that i i, I hope we've we've continued that since, is that the kind of decisions that, you know, we made probably in an afternoon, um, a one hour, you know, a one hour meeting in an afternoon, hitherto we'd have probably consulted for at least a year. And then we'd have probably said, oh, this is a bit difficult. I think we should maybe set it aside for a little bit. Um, it it just it it really pushed you because you had to you had to make decisions um and i i <laughs> i kind of hope we've at least uh, we've retained that sense of um uh, uh, being a little bit more agile than we were before you know we can make decisions and the world won't fall around because absolutely you... I, if i was to feed back to you that peter matheson the uh 
uh, Vice Chancellor of the University of Edinburgh, said that he could invoke more change in the pedagogy and the provision of online education in three months at the beginning of lockdown than he could have done in 10 years. Absolutely. Previously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, you know, and that there was a degree of flexibility shown by both students and academics. And well, and that's great news. I just but a, a little final observation, uh, Anthony. I, I did some work with Future Learn. Uh, yes. Uh, in 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 the MOOC craze when it was I don't yeah. know what's happened to MOOCs these days, but what it taught me was you know you not you can't just put your personal pedagogy online in you know twenty five minutes. Yeah. You know it requires a whole different pedagogy. It requires a whole different way of thinking. It requires a different pace to how you present things. It's incredibly hard work and actually, at the beginning, quite expensive. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I, I would say, of course, some of the, you know, what we did early on was just literally you know, do what we do, but just put it online. Um, whereas, of course, you know, from, from you know, colleagues like uh, at FutureLearn would tell you that, you know, your piece to camera better be no longer than five or six minutes i think is the mm. is the sweet spot uh, uh for it so you know you're absolutely right uh, uh, about um uh, about those things and i think the the other reflection i was going to think about was that i don't think works very well and i i, I think it's we're getting better at it. i was going to say it doesn't apply to you know even to meetings let alone when you're trying to do something educational I'm not sure, and here we can get stuck in semantics, but hybrid, and by hybrid, I mean some people are in the room and some people are online for the same uh, thing. Interesting. I'm not sure that that, that is a great success because, um, as, as I say, I think for meetings, we're getting, we're getting better at it. Um, but I think, I think education-wise, you, the, the, you know, it's too complex very different communities yes. of you know whether you're in the room or that so i think you can do it really well online and of course you can do it really well in the room i think trying to pretend you can do both at the same time i'm not sure we've really we've really cracked that and i don't think um you know as, as, as you know your challenge to me at the beginning about what you know what's what have we learned from this what do we what do we continue to do I don't think, which we did a bit of, we, we did that hybrid, some in the room, some not. I don't think that's right. If, if you do online, for the reasons that you were saying, it needs its own particular pedagogy. Yes. And, and you, you, you do it, you know, you do it in that way. You don't just sort of say, well, we'll stick a camera in the room and what the, what the room is seeing, the people online will see as well. It is completely different. And I think... I think you know it's useful to have learned that that um, you know you do online really you do in person really well and you do online really well. I I, I think I'm I'm not convinced about the um, the space in the middle. That you, I you, certainly you find if I'm at a hybrid meeting and I'm the online per, uh, part of the online community that I'm distant from that meeting. 
yes. in a way that I'm not engaged in that meeting, I'm not engaged in the interaction in the way I would be if I was in the room. And, exactly. And, and, you've and imagine if you, if you were a learner, how would you feel? Yes, and you've already highlighted the, same. the social nature of the uh, 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 the social nature of the educational experience. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, if half of the class are missing out on that, it's not quite the same. Well, listen, Anthony, we could we've only got half an hour allocated, and ah. it's what you've talked about is unbelievably rich, and I'm sure that the community that listened to it will gather a lot from it. And they'll also, of course, be facing their own challenges. And of course, some of it is very discipline specific. And we've, yeah. we've, we've highlighted the creative arts and, the, and you've highlighted the fine arts, how they provide different challenges to history or English. Um, and it'll be, I mean, I, you know, as I crack 70, I hope I'm alive in five years' time, to see whether that prediction that things all return to how they were like beforehand actually turns out true or not. I have a feeling it won't. I have a feeling we have done a proper paradigm shift about mm. how we teach our students, and the paradigm will not return to what it was like beforehand. And uh, and so, so many insights from you, Anthony, and thank you so so much for uh, uh obviously we're judging by the smile on your face it's a challenge that you loved yeah <laughs> it is. it's you know it's been great it, it you know the, it was intense um and you know it still has its moments but i think um there was also great support because you know we were all in it together you know every institution was facing it so great support from from peers and and all, all the things that we actually do really well in 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 higher education um about you know sharing ideas and thinking and uh learning from each other uh you know that it was it was an intense period but um and and you know i guess those of us who, who held the education portfolios thought we were at the you know the real sharp end of it but you know there were other lots of others as well but but it was um you know they were they were they were busy but uh, important times and you kind of had a real sense this this is a as you said this was probably the most significant thing that you know we've we've had to face mm. well Anthony thank you very much indeed and uh, I know our listeners will have taken lots uh, uh, from it so thanks very much indeed my pleasure visit studiosity.com slash students first for the next students first symposium an open forum for faculty, staff and academics to candidly discuss and progress the issues that matter most in higher education.